Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, we come to you this morning and that song just reminds me of Christmas Eve and the flicker of the candles off of each person here. And that radiant uh, flicker, that glimmer, that gives us hope in a difficult week. Lord, we're reminded of the the hurts and pains. We think of uh, those who have uh, gone to be with you. We think of uh, Bob Brown's family and Linda Keith's family and uh, Lord, uh, now uh, Dorothy Gertz's family and Lord uh, Stanley Garver's family. Lord, we think of all those uh, who are having rough uh, weeks, rough times, and Lord, we ask that you would comfort them. We think of Dave and Sharon, and Lord, I ask that you would uh, give them peace that passes all understanding. And Lord, if that was the only struggle in this church, and but we know there are so many relationship problems. We have them in our own lives. We're reminded... Lord, of the difficulty of this world. And yet, Scripture this morning tells us that we can have peace. Peace that passes all understanding. The peace of Jesus. So Lord, as we look at your word this morning, thank you. Thank you for that reminder. In your name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated, and if you're a child, you can church. Running is not only welcome, it's encouraged, right? Something like that. I don't know. Well, good morning. We got 10 minutes. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> so this morning we're gonna we're, we uh, we talked a little bit about the peace candle. Uh, today this week we're, uh, is the candle of peace, um, and this this prophecy uh, that Isaiah uh, speaks to God's people, reminding them that peace is coming. I want you to think about this just for a minute. Uh, Maybe not. There we go. It worked. It was me. Sorry, Brian. It wasn't you. It was me. I want you to think. I was, I was trying to find a, a good example of where uh, good leadership makes all the difference. And I thought I could use the government, but then I thought that'd be a waste of my time and yours. Sorry. But I want you to think just for a moment about sitting in church this morning. Because you're sitting in a warm church that's 70 degrees. Did anyone have the door? Was, any, was the door locked when anyone came in this morning? Nope. You know why? Because good old Roscoe was there waiting for us, right? Just like every other week since forever. Um, what a blessing. The lights were on. It's 70 degrees. Your pew was left for you. I just want you to know, right? <laughs> Think just for a moment if no one showed up to turn the lights on. Well, one week maybe the lights are on, but the heat's not on. Maybe you walk, it's 40 degrees. Maybe one week 
the lights are on and the heat's on, but the door's locked. Maybe one day the door's open, but nothing else is done. There's no video, no music. How about if we had just people come and do music all by themselves? Come as you are. Bring your musical instrument and we'll see what happens. Some of us would like more music. Some of us would like less music. What if the pastor didn't show up? He slept in. I like that idea. I'm going to try that. It wouldn't be very long in that situation that we would get frustrated, wouldn't we not? And we'd be like, come on, dude. Turn the, turn the lights on. Paul Bartlett is faithful every week and makes sure that that temperature when he leaves is, is good so that next week when we come, it's exactly where it needs to be. Every week, Paul does that. This is one of a gazillion things that get... My point is this. We appreciate order. We appreciate coming to something that's consistent and stable. We appreciate knowing that next week when I come to the parking lot... If there's 10 feet of snow, we'll still be able to get in because someone was here faithfully plowing that snow at 5 in the morning to make sure that you could get to the door. Well, Jesus is that constant, stable peace that we're talking about this morning. Mind you, God's people at this time were anything but stable. They were unsettled. Diaspora, that, that's what history calls it, right? Dispersion, dispersed, like scattered people. God's people were kicked out of their country. We haven't ever experienced that. We don't even understand what that might be. They were kicked out. Refugees. Living out of boxes. Think about trying to raise a child living out of a box. Trying to get to the point where you could actually take care of them. And some, I mean, I laugh when we go to camp. Well, we went to camp this weekend. I barely can get everything in the truck. And there's only two of us. <laughs> and we only go for two days, right? But the reality is, these people were unstable, unsettled, wandering Wondering if they'll ever get life back in order again. Will life ever come around and be normal? And the prophet Isaiah says, I'll give you peace. You know what God's people wanted, right? They wanted a king. They thought if they had someone who could make sure the lights were on and the heat was on and the door was open and they would preach a sermon and make sure everything was taken care of, that life would be good. When they were in this dispersion and long before that. Samuel 8 talks about it. God says, I, I'm enough for you. I am enough for you, Jewish people. I will be your king, your God. But even back then, in 1 Samuel, the people refused to listen. They said, we want a king, an earthly king over us. We want someone to wear the crown. And you know what? If you read, get a chance to read 1 Samuel, 
It goes all the way to like chapter 15. Samuel tells his people, listen, here's what's going to happen if you have an earthly king. You're going to have to give up 10% of your best property. Your best field, the king's going to take. Taxes, your king is going to take. He's going to take from you some of the things that I have given you. And they said, we still want a king over us. Do you remember who the first king was? Saul. And he did all right for some time, but he did what every other human does. He failed. He failed them. He failed God. And God's people, they continue to wander, wondering if they'll ever get back to the promised land, the hope. Will we get my, can I get my grandchild and my grandchildren's children back to this place of stability? Or are we going to be wanderers for the rest of our life? And along comes Isaiah. And he says, and this is code, right? This is code word. These are code words. So if you don't understand, we're going to talk just a minute at the bottom. So there will come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. And a branch from us, from his roots shall bear fruit. Let's, let's break that down real quick. You ever seen a dead stump? There's nothing there, right? But up comes out of that stump new growth. And you know what I've noticed as a grape farmer when I was a kid? The only thing that grew that sh- like this was things like shumac and locusts. Everything you didn't want in a grape vineyard, you, you, the only way you killed them was, was to cut them off and spray them with Roundup right on the roots, right on the stump. But Isaiah says, from the shoot of Jesse, who's Jesse? Does anybody know who Jesse is? David's father, right? From the line of David, a shoot will come. If you don't, if you want, you can read uh, Matthew 1 through Matthew chapter 1 has the lineage. If you'd like to read that and you'd like to get a sense of that, it's also in Luke uh, in a little different version. But you can get a sense that that this Jesus, this this Savior, this King was going to come from the line of David. And if you know much about Jewish uh, culture, Jewish history, they knew, they looked for a king from the line of David. The, he was, there was a group of kings, one after another. right? David is just one of many. Uh, Solomon is in there. And they kept looking for this king to come because prophecy said that's where he would come from. And this is, this is a prophecy. And it says, out of this dead shoot, out of this dead stump, this junk, there's nothing alive, something alive will come. Do you see the hope in that? Knowing that this thing looks like but dead, and yet something alive will come from that dead stump. And so Isaiah is giving them hope. Hope that it won't always be this way. Hope that even in the unrest and the unstable and the uncertainty, that they could find peace. So let me ask you this question. Do you have peace this morning? Anybody? I'll be completely honest. I came this morning um, a bunch fractured. A bunch fractured. There's just so many things going on. 
I just can't keep track, uh, complete honesty, can't keep track of everyone and everything, uh, and it feels real unsettling. And so God says, hey, let me give you this scripture that I picked about, I don't know, six or seven months ago that reminds me that no matter what's going on here today or tomorrow or yesterday, that there is peace in God. That whether I recognize it or not, there is peace in God. Sleeping baby, right? So peaceful. They aren't always peaceful. <laughs> Once in a while, I love it. I, I've always, I've always, one time my wife said, we got home from church on a Sunday, and she said, I don't even remember how long ago, she's like, boy, that baby was out to see who could preach louder. You were the baby. And I said, I never even heard a baby. <laughs> and so that, I just want to clarify one thing. I might, I might make fun of that just a bit, but I absolutely love uh, to hear a cry of a baby in a sanctuary. There's value in that. Um, if that bothers you, sit somewhere else. Right? Sit in the balcony. Come on now. Um, it's a problem that a gazillion churches would love to have. We love to hear those babies cry. But the peace of a child. Right? They haven't figured out how to, how to be mean and angry and steal toys. They haven't figured out how to um, talk back yet. They will. <laughs> right? It won't be long. <laughs> they haven't figured out how to throw their food off the, the high chair yet or their cup. Um, they haven't figured out all those things. And in some way, there's this peace that they carry with them when they, 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 they lay there. And Isaiah talks about what this peace will be like. And I don't know if you noticed, and I put this up here because I want you to notice this. I don't know if you noticed in your Bible, did you see that the Spirit... Uh, in all three of those uh, lines is capital S. Just so you know that that means that's the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the word that is, is, has been translated. And when that, when that Holy Spirit word uh, has been translated, it's paraclete, I think it's paraclete, I don't, I'm not sure, doesn't matter. Uh, but understand it, that means the Holy Spirit. And so there's a, this, this prophecy that's talking forward about this, the Spirit coming and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of con counsel and of might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And it will be coming through Jesus, right? And we look back and we're like, well, yeah, that makes sense. And when they read it, I'm sure they thought, what the heck are you talking about, right? Because there was the Spirit didn't act or uh, respond or work the same way in the Old Testament as it does uh, once the New Testament comes and uh, Jesus comes. And, and so there's a real difference there. And, they say, and, and then Isaiah says, listen, righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness his sash around his waist. What he's saying is that... Things are, are going to be right. Does anybody feel like a lot of things in this world aren't right? Like it's not going the right direction. Um, my grandmother used to say that, and now I think she would be completely unsettled. 
Things aren't going in the right direction. Right is not being done. People are being hurt. Some people are getting rich. Blah, 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 on and on and on and on, on. Jesus is going to come and make it right. Please hear that. For us who are waiting for him to return, he is going to come and make it right. It doesn't always have to be this way. And then Isaiah says, I got some examples for you to help you remember. Right? The wolf will live with the ram, with the lamb. The leopard will lie with the goat. A calf with a lion. A child will lead them. Anybody leaving your kids in that pile? <laughs> if no one got eaten, we'd be okay. <laughs> Great examples. Isaiah says, look, it's going to be different than it has been, right? Because our common understanding is that this doesn't work for very long. Someone's getting eaten. <laughs> There's going to be an eater and an eaten. I'm not sure which one it goes, where it ends up, where it lands, but let's just be honest. Not, not going to be a good day. Not going to be a good day. So I got a great story for you. You up for a story? I know we're over time, but it's all right. You can never pass up a good story. So yesterday I'm sitting in my... I'm sitting hunting, but it's pretty quiet, pretty dead. It wasn't not much going on. And I'm watching this little chipmunk. And he's about 10 feet away. And that little guy never stopped all morning long. He'd go in with something, some little pod, something in his mouth. And he'd, two minutes later, he'd be back out. Go get another one, he'd be back. And his, his house, his hole was just this bunch of pile of leaves. It was just this little slit, just this little, and he'd go in there like, it was like a door that opened and closed every time he went in and out. And sometimes he'd be in and out. He'd be going like in, back out, in and out. And I'm, you know, I should have probably been hunting, but I was watching this chipmunk. Every once in a while, he would stay for a little while. I don't know if he was taking a rest or eating. I don't know what he was doing. I couldn't see him. And I got to tell you what went, came over my mind. And it, it relates because of that picture, the last picture of a, of a child sitting with a lion. I thought to myself, nothing's going on. I think I'm going to sneak down there 10 feet, and I'm going to put my hands around the hole. <laughs> and when that little guy comes out, I'm going to catch him. <laughs> and if I, Pretty fun, huh? No. I'm going to slide down 10 feet. I'm going, to, I'm going to sneak through the leaves 10 feet. And then I thought, mm, he might hear me. He might vibrate. I, might, I might make enough noise. He might. I think I can do this. So I'm going to put my hand around that hole, and I'm just going to sit there. He's going to come out. He, he's been coming out all morning. He's going to come out, because at first I thought, I wish I had a, something to catch him. I'll scoop him just for fun. I don't know. There's well, nothing going on. And, uh, I think I can catch him with my hand. And then I had this revelation. Once I catch him, what am I going to do with him? <laughs> it isn't going to go well, is it? Now, we're talking about, what, two ounces of chipmunk, right? Little stubby tail, two little ears, and monstrous teeth. <laughs> yeah. And he's this, you know, he's literally like this. He's a little one. And I'm like, I bet I can catch you. Just so you know, my fingers are all there. I didn't, I didn't make that decision to catch him. 
But for some crazy reason, I had that idea that I probably could catch that little guy. But I knew it was going to end well. It wasn't going to end well, right? It was going to end badly because he was going to, the first thing he was going to do is bite me. First thing he would do is bite me, scratch me, and then I'd be like, ah, gone. He'd be gone the other direction. This image that Isaiah gives the Jewish people is so backwards. We're talking about a lion and a bear and a viper's nest. And everybody just hanging out together. When we all know, you and I both know, that we don't even want to catch a chipmunk because it doesn't end well. And so it was so foreign for the Jewish people to hear that because that's not what they had experienced. That's not what they had thought about. They hadn't really had that opportunity. Uh, They knew what would happen if the cows and the lions got together. If the leopard and the goats got together, they knew what would end, how it would end. It wouldn't end well. And so Isaiah is telling us and telling them, listen, it's going to be different than it has been. But it's going to be a good different. A good difference. And, and when that happens, just like in the root of Jesse, there will be a banner for all the people and nations will rally around him. Capital H. Do you see that capital H? Reflects Jesus. And his place will be a rest for the glorious. When the root of Jesse, Jesus, comes... He will be a banner for the people, a flag for the people to remind them that God was still in control. Even today, the American flag is a a reminder of the freedom we share, is it not? The freedom that was earned through many who gave their lives for our freedom. And even now, we stand for that flag, do we not? We revere that flag, and that's just a small, minute piece compared to the flag of Jesus. Because Jesus' flag looks more like this, does it not? And I don't know about you, and maybe you've never thought about this. There aren't many, any other religions. And there aren't many times where we put a vehicle of death around our neck. I don't see anybody wearing a guillotine necklace. Right? Or a casket hanging off of, the, of a chain. <laughs> you're right, I don't hang out with the goths. So, <laughs> this is a sign of death. They use the cross to end people's lives. And yet, it reflects 
the hope we have in understanding that that cross is empty. It's empty because Jesus rose again. And maybe you've never uh, read this, and I just want to share this with you. If you, I love John 14 is the chapter where Jesus is getting ready to, to leave this earth, and he's preparing his people, his disciples, his buddies, right? His buddies and him had spent three and a half years together, and he's preparing to leave, and there's questions, and they're trying to ask how this is going to work, and what it's going to look like, and how messed up things will be when, when it, he's gone. And I'm not sure they even understood what gone meant. Are you just leaving uh, us and going somewhere else? And even when he talked about death, they didn't really grasp it. And at the beginning of John 14, it says, I will leave you with, I have prepared you uh, many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And this is what he tells them at the end. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Is that not our battle cry this morning? It should be our battle cry this morning. It has to be our battle cry as a believer in Christ this morning. And if you don't have that faith, if you don't understand what that means, I want to share that with you this morning. It's so simple. Scripture says it's simple enough that children understand. The peace that Jesus gives is a peace that passes all understanding. And you only get that by asking him to be a part of your life and following him. It's that simple. Asking him into your life, understanding that you are a sinner and that you're short. You've fallen short. And asking him to change your life. If you haven't made that decision today, if you don't even know what that means, if you want to talk about that, I'd love to spend some time talking about it. That's why we're here. It's not about uh, other things. That is the focus. And that will be the focus every week. Uh, and it's my focus every day to help people get to heaven. I said it last week. I'll say it again. The only thing we're going to take to heaven are the souls of those who we share Christ with, who accept him and go with us. Nothing else. Nothing. Nothing else. Everything we own, everything we have, those are tools to be used to share the gospel. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the peace that Jesus offers us. And Lord, when we come and we're not always feeling that peace, remind us, remind us that people long before us who came before us, the Jewish culture, the Jewish people were unsettled. And you sent them a prophet in the wilderness to remind them that from the stump of Jesse we would find we would get a Savior called Jesus. Thank you for your love, for your care. And Lord, as we celebrate this Christmas season, the coming of Jesus, may we remember that. In your name we pray. Amen.